Hello and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we'll be discussing the recent episode of Doctor Who, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. But first, as usual, let's have some news. And uh, we're giving you, well, like very, very sort of late news, overnight viewing figures for last week's episode, Hyde. Um, the official figures still haven't been released yet, uh, but it had an overnight of 5 million viewers. Yes. Which was even, just... mm, even less than the week before. Yeah, it was another hot day, though, wasn't it? It was, it well, was. hottish day, Yeah, compared to what we've had. <laughs> now, what we said last week about the audience appreciation index thing is a little bit, well, a little bit pointless considering how many people actually take part. Yeah. Um, it got a score of 85 out of the 5,000 people that actually take part in it. Yeah. Which was a slight improvement on the week before, which had 84. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's... it's... It's one of those things, isn't it? It's whether you're going to like it or not. So, well, exactly. I mean, it's, it's obviously a certain type of person wants to take part in these sort of uh, audience figure surveys. Yeah, most people can't be bothered doing surveys, but it's sort of yeah. no. It's my right to reply, isn't it? So, <laughs> and you're not going to find that many Doctor Who fans that are that geeky to want to do it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have thought so. Anyway, I've got no idea. No. But no. No, uh, they wouldn't be interested in figures and facts and that sort no, of thing. No, no, so. not at all, not at all. <laughs> I don't know why podcasts such as ours actually bothers with audience figures and audience appreciation indexes because we we've really ended the day we can't give a monkeys. <laughs> no, it bores the arse off people as well. <laughs> well. It's just this fact, you know. You just you do sort of part of you does look at it though and think, oh, it's got to keep going. It's got to keep going. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things, we started this and we've got to bloody finish it now. Mm. I think it's a stubbornness just to see it through to the end. But. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. Now, um, on to some more sort of serious news. Now, I don't know if you've uh, read through various uh, Doctor Who news websites, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, ben Beavers, who is the son of the late, great Caroline John, he's doing um, some fundraising in her memory. And basically, he's raising money for the Princess Alice Hospice, uh, which is where Caroline received her sort of her care in her final weeks and and uh, days and everything. So, what he's doing on the fourth of August, two thousand thirteen, he will be doing the London to Surrey one hundred. Now, basically, what that is that is a, uh, a cycle ride from London to Surrey, and basically takes in a hundred mile uh, cycle route. And the charity is called Help for Hospices. So um, you can donate if you so wish. I think it's raised over £1,100 so far. Uh, yep. You can donate via Caroline John's Just Giving page, out, which we'll give the link to in the show notes. Or you can even text um, your amount as well. So if you text um, MUMM71, then follow that by the amount you want to donate, and you send that to 70070. And again, we'll we'll put that in the show notes, yeah. So everyone can read it there through our, through our website. And next, we have some DVD news, and we have an update on the Green Death Special Edition. And basically, it's just the some of the extras that have been confirmed for the DVD release, um, which is currently scheduled for the fifth of August in the United Kingdom. Okay, so I won't go through everything. I'll just go through the new extras that have been included for this release. So you've got um, a featurette called "What Katie Did Next." Um, you've got something called uh, Wales Today, which is some uh, old TV footage from the time. Doctor Forever, The Unquiet Dead, which is another featurette. 
and basically the maker of the Green Death called the one with the maggots. Hmm. Hmm. Now, because I, I, I shall buy this again, special edition. Just, I mean, just because it, it was the, my first Doctor Who story. Yeah. And it's always been a favourite of mine. Uh, so, but I just want to see that maker of the Green Death. I think that'd be quite. I, I thought there already was a making of on the existing DVD. Uh, obviously not. Hmm, could have sworn there was. I think they went into how they made the, uh, unless it was just some, maybe I'll just misremember, it's a long time since I last watched the extras on the DVD. Remember they went into how they made the maggots, which were basically blown up condoms. Right. So, yeah, don't know, don't know on that one. So, uh, but if, if we get any more news on that, we'll, obviously we'll we'll discuss it on a, on a future show. So there we are. Yes, right. Yeah. All right, so yes. Now, ah, DVD update uh, number two. Uh, there's, now, this is an interesting one. There's a DVD release coming out called Doctor Who Regeneration. Now, basically what this consists of, it's a box set containing all of Doctor Who stories where the Doctor has regenerated. Yeah. So, now, <clears throat> I'm going to go backwards through the Doctors here. We'll start with, with David Tent. So, you've got End of Time, Beowulf Parting of the Ways, Doctor Who the Movie, Time and the Rani, Caves of Androzani, Legopolis... Planet of the Spiders, The War Games, and this is the interesting one, The Tenth Planet. Yeah. Now, re- reading the uh, the article here, it says the Tenth Planet on this uh, box set, it's the premiere of the newly animated last episode, which I find peculiar. Yeah, well, you just wonder, is this... <clears throat> a, I'm not quite sure who's going to buy this. No. The casual fan, perhaps? Yeah, but then... I don't know. Is is it really going to be something that you're going to be that bothered about? I don't know. Well, apparently... Well, it comes in a... um, In, like, a booklet. You know, like, the recent... Yeah. Bond 50 Blu-ray box set? Yeah. It's pretty much like that. So you've got, like... It comes in a booklet with with the DVDs in it. It's got, like, a breakdown of each Doctor... So they're selling it like a collectible rather than an actual to add to your DVD collection. Yeah, because any true fans going to have this, they're going to already have these episodes or these stories rather in their collection already. I would have thought. Yeah. So yeah, I can't see. It's just a 50th anniversary knickknack, really, isn't it? Maybe it we, is a bit. Maybe we should have chucked this into Omega's Tech Corner. Corner. Right? <laughs> but it has sort of got that, hasn't it? I don't really, I really don't see the point. Of this. And the fact that. I mean, we was gonna before we record this. We we're gonna look at when, when is the tenth planet actually being released? Yeah, we should have looked at that because this box set is released on the twenty fourth of June. Yeah. Oh well, well we shall we shall find out more as the weeks go by. Um, hopefully, anyway. Yeah. Okay then. Right. Um, BFI screenings. Now, um, obviously, last week we said who's going to be at the fifth Doctor story screening, uh, which is now next Saturday, the fourth yeah. of May. And just to reiterate, it's going to be Peter Davison, Sarah Sutton, Janet Fielding, Graham Harper, and I can't remember, we didn't mention this uh, this guy, Radiophonic Workshop composer Roger Lim. Yes. I remember that afterwards. Yeah. And it was too late, by the way. Too late, far too late. But I, I, I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah. Very much looking forward to it. And um, yes, as we said last week, the, the Pussy podcast will be present at this screening. Um, so we'll uh, next week we'll be giving you our uh, our, f- our little report on how that yeah. went, um, and if we're able to, we'll uh, we'll tw- <coughs> excuse me, we'll tweet during the uh, during the Q and A as well. So yes. we'll let, let you in on a, on a few uh, few things that were said. 
Now, also it's been announced is the Sixth Doctor story, which will be in June, uh, which is scheduled for Saturday the 15th of June at 2pm, and it's going to be the Two Doctors. Yeah, which is a slightly odd choice. I must admit... And I suspect it's got to be one that's based upon who they can get mm. as a panel. Well, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to have uh, Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant there. Yeah. And I'm now also assuming Fraser Hines. Yes. We sort of are, aren't we? I mean, it does seem to be a case that they've got the panel and that the, they, they've nominated this one because they know who they can get for the panel rather than because they particularly want this one. Because it seems a bit odd. In some ways, you think it's a bit slightly unfair to Colin Baker that he's having to share his episode with another with Patrick Troughton's Doctor. Yeah, it, it, it's a very peculiar It'd have been like doing choice. the Three Doctors for... Pertly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I must admit, I think a lot of Colin Baker's stories would be an odd choice anyway. But I thought it would have gone for something like Attack of the Cybermen, perhaps? Yeah. No, but no, it's, it, just, it just seems that his Doctor's going to be slightly overshadowed in this. Yeah, because it was the last time Patrick Troughton yeah. uh, you know, donned the Doctor's costume. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's uh, mm, very peculiar, very peculiar. Now, it, does, it does tend to strike me as that they know who they can get for the panel on this one. That's why yeah. it's been picked. Yeah, it does seem a bit odd. But, mm. Oh, well, we'll, we'll um, obviously we'll, we'll be trying to get tickets for that one as well. Um, yes. Now, the tickets are going through the ballot system again, as they did uh, last month for the Fifth Doctor uh, tickets. Uh, they will go... Through the ballot system, started on Monday the sixth of May for the champions members, yeah, and then normal members can enter on Tuesday the seventh of May, right? Okay, but the champion members can enter both ballots, as they did last time. So I, I still, I still be upset if I had paid my two hundred and fifty quid or whatever it was to be a champion member, and all it gives me is two goes at a ballot. Yeah, I know it's a bit. Mm, it's it's a bit of a it must be a real kick in the teeth, isn't it? Because it, was it two hundred and fifty five pound a year? Yeah, for that membership. So that's, that's pretty bloody steep. So, but anyway, um, the ballots will close on Friday the tenth of May, and they'll be selecting um, the winners over the, that the weekend eleventh and twelfth of May, and all the winners or entrants will get their notifications on Monday the thirteenth of May. Right. Um, now. Any tickets that have been reserved for champions and members will be held until Friday the 17th of May. And then any of those that are unclaimed will then be released for public sale on Saturday the 18th of May. Yeah. So, got that? <laughs> yeah, so it's your turn to, it's to my, win the ballot. It's my turn to win the ballot this time. If, if you can't do something as simple as that... <laughs> <laughs> I did it all right last time. I can't see why you can't do it this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just let everyone know if we're not going to the if we don't go to the sixth doctor, it's your fault. <laughs> I don't know what the, the uh, sort of the conundrum we're going to be in if we both win tickets. Yeah, I think we should clone them anyway, then flog them to a tout. <laughs> <laughs> Easy <laughs> money, Paul. Easy money. <laughs> the email from the BFI has just arrived now, rescinding. <laughs> <laughs> If anyone from the BFI is listening to this podcast, please be sure we will not be offering our tickets to any touts <laughs> loitering outside the BFI. Thank you. That was a public service announcement. And now on to the podcast. Okay, right. Now, um, 
Some more May releases. Uh, Audio Go, the next in the series of Destiny of the Doctor. Um, coming up in May, it's a fifth Doctor story, obviously, and it's a story called Smoke and Mirrors, read by Janet Fielding with uh, Tim Beckman. Yes. Yeah, so it looks like it's another um, another period piece as well. Um, now, quickly read the, uh, the, the brief story synopsis. Um, it says, The Doctor answers a psionic distress call sent from England in the 1920s. There, in the environs of a fairground, he is reunited with an old friend, Harry Houdini. To Adric and Nissa... Oh, God, Nadric. Uh, the, the, na- the name means very little. Uh, but to the, that's because Adric's hungry. He's going to try and find the nearest candy floss stall, isn't he? <laughs> Anyway, uh, but to the Doctor's companion Tegan, he is a legend. So a legend, um, a skate artist extraordinaire. Houdini's reputation will last for decades. But how does Houdini know so much about Tegan herself? Is it really just guesswork, as he says? Is Houdini right to be concerned about the fairgrounds fortune teller who claims to have supernatural skills? Both he and the Doctor suspect an alien influence may be at work. What neither the Doctor nor his friends realise is that somewhere in the shadows. A sinister and all too familiar presence is lying in wait for them. Ooh. Okay. Now that's uh, available for release on CD and download from the 2nd of May. Yes. There you go. Adric. Oh, dear. <laughs> he was doing fine until then. I was, when I? Yeah. <laughs> now, um, I still haven't listened to Babblesphere yet. Still haven't no. listened to that. I, might, I really must get around to listening to that one. But, um, but as we said last week, we, we will be continuing with our reviews of these uh, audio releases uh, when the current series of Doctor Who is finished. Yes. Okay. So it might take a little bit of catching up. It might. We will, we will get there somewhere around about the sixth Doctor. We should be back on track. I think we should be. I think we should be. So, uh, right. Okay. Moving swiftly on, it is time, after a little bit of a, a, a bit of a break for him, it's a return to Omega's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! And we have one item of uh, tat for you this week. It's a new book. It's called The Doctor Who Official Miscellany. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a, as it says here, it's a fact-filled Doctor Who book. Um... 384 pages is in a hard uh, cover. Um, again, also though from Thursday the 2nd of May. Yeah. So, um, so basically, what, what the description here it says, Do you know your Sontarans from your Solurians? What are the 40 best ways to defeat a Dalek? What are the galactic coordinates of Gallifrey? Test your knowledge of the last Time Lord and the worlds he's visited in Whoology, an unforgettable journey through 50 years of Doctor Who. Packed with facts, figures and stories from the show's entire run, this unique tour of space and time takes you from Totters Lane to Trenzalore, taking in guides to unit call signs, details of the inner workings of sonic screwdrivers and a reliability chart covering every element of the TARDIS. Also includes tables, charts and illustrations, as well as fascinating lists and exhaustive detail. It sounds like Mm. a nerd's paradise, actually, doesn't it? Yes. So when are you getting your coffee? (laughs) 2nd of May. (laughs) I might buy this one actually, to be honest. Yeah, I know we just sort of um, announced it as tat, but um, yeah, it, it might be actually quite. We, a we should we should have swapped this and the and the, the, the generation uh, generation DVD. Yes, yeah, we said we we were sort of debating whether that should have gone at tat corner. I, I think it should have done. Yeah, it's just sort of a bit of a. It's one of those odd books that you can just pick up and put down, isn't it? Yeah, you need to. Yeah, so sort of asked you a little little silly question about Doctor Who. It's always one of those books you can pick up and go, ah, oh, I can get the answer here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I might. I <laughs> just might, get it for Tony. 
Maybe we should do <laughs> some facts. Oh God, no! He'd be playing through. He'd be reading that instead of trying to comment on the what the story he's watching. It's bad enough as it is with rustling notepapers all the way through the bloody thing. So, <laughs> uh, when's Tone's book of facts coming out? <laughs> oh, never. Hopefully. Well, it won't be able to because we censor everything. <laughs> It'd come out with little black lines all through. <laughs> <laughs> but believe us, folks, it, it's like some sort of. Um, Document that's been, that's been sort of black lined out, but like the official secret sex. That's what it is. We've got to wait thirty years before we this. <laughs> so hopefully, the people who's insulted in, in in those little notes are actually dead, and he's fat. He's cut, and his family are all like, or their families. He's said, "Oh, I'm going to get the cat out of the bed, didn't I?" <laughs> and their families have uh, long since departed as well. So yes, <laughs> that's the only time we're about to release any of these facts to the. Uh, to the public, it really okay. is. Oh God! One that has got stored up for us. I don't know. It's, been a, know. it's been a long time since, <laughs> since we last did a commentary. Um, yes. Yeah. Absolute filth, probably. But no. But oh well. There we go. Right. Okay, then, folks. Uh, that's the news done for this week. So coming up very, very shortly is our review of Journey to the Centre of the Tardis. So for another week, then that was the news. <laughs> Okay, then, everybody, it's time to discuss the latest episode in this series of Doctor Who. And this week we're talking about Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS. We're outside. No, we're still in the TARDIS. There's no way across. No? Okay. You're right. So what do we do? Time for a plan. Do you have a plan? Well, no. No plan, sorry. If you don't have a plan, we're dead. Yes, we are. So just tell me. Tell you what? Well, there's no point now. We're about to die. Just tell me who you are. You know who I am. No, I don't. I look at you every single day and I don't understand a thing about you. Why do I keep running into you? Doctor, you invited me. You said... Before that, I met you at the Dalek Asylum. There was a girl in a shipwreck and she died saving my life and she was you. She really wasn't. Victorian London, there was a governess who was really a barmaid and we fought the great intelligence together. She died and it was my fault and she was you. You're scaring me. What are you, eh? A trick? A trap? I don't know what you're talking about! You really don't, do you? I think I'm more scared of you right now than anything else in that TARDIS. Right. Um, you went first last week, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go first this week. No. Um, okay. I think I said last week I thought this episode would divide fans. Yes. And it certainly divided me. Right. To be okay. honest. Because there's a lot to like here. But then all the way through, there was certain bits that I just, I, I just didn't like. My thoughts on this was they just threw too much at it. I mean, it's a real fan wank episode. It, there was, yeah, it, it really is. But for a story that's called Journey to the Center of the Tardis, and I know budget constraints play a, a big, big part in this. Um, you didn't get to see a lot of the TARDIS, did you, really? It, I thought the TARDIS should be a place of wonder. Yeah. And it wasn't. You got the library, and that was quite good. Yeah, you saw a glimpse of the swimming pool. Glimpse of the swimming pool, yeah, which was neither here nor there, really. No, that's right. Um, and that telescope. Yes. Which, now when I watched it, um, because when I watched it last night, I had to turn it off halfway through, because both my kids were screaming their heads off. I was going to say, it divided you that much? It divided me that much. I turned it <laughs> off. Um, so I watched it again late last night, and 
I saw that telescope. I thought, is is that supposed to be the telescope from um, Tooth and Claw? That was my first thought. But I thought, what's it doing in the TARDIS? And I looked back, and I don't think it was because I actually rewound. But it probably might might be, but I didn't think it was. No, maybe it's just uh, it's just his astronomy room or something. I yeah. I, I don't know, but yeah, I thought okay, it's a room never been mentioned before. Um, but there you go. And then you just had a lot of generic corridors. Yeah. Which okay, I, you can't have it all. As I said, budget constraints. But end of the day, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, we didn't see a lot much more in this than we did in um, The Doctor's Wife, did no, we? No, not really. Not at all. Just, just <laughs> corridors. Yeah, just lots and lots of corridors. Um, I like the bit, the, you know, the engine room with the Eye of Harmony. Yeah. That that was good, uh, to see that in all its glory. Um, and also, I suppose that now that definitely does confirm that each TARDIS has got an Eye of Harmony in it. Yeah. Uh, but Or a collapsing star, I should say. Uh, so that looks impressive and everything, uh, but I thought the rest of it, I mean, you, reusing the console room over and over again, I thought yeah. they could have at least used the, uh, like the tenth doc- or ninth and 10th Doctor's console room. I mean, it could be that they just really do not exist anymore. Poss- quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly. Although, what they're going to do for the 50th, we don't know. No, exactly. It's a pity, actually. We spoke about this before, wasn't it? So this was obviously shot back in September. Hmm. Apparently, so you know, it's a pity they didn't have the reconstructed first. Yeah, Doctor's I, I, I know Tardis it, room. Yeah, which I mean, they built for the. I mean, no, it's at least set, for the time and space documentary. Yeah. If they'd have had that, you could have gone into that. Would could have been have done. Interesting. I, mean, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm doing the typical Doctor Who fan whinge. That's like, it didn't show enough in the Tardis, and yeah, I, but I, but I, once you've called it that and said you're going to see a lot of, if you haven't built it up saying that you're going to see a lot more of the Tardis than you've ever seen before. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Not really. No, no. Um, obviously, there's, there's some other little bits and again the fan wank stuff. You've got the crib, the Doctor's crib. Yeah. Um, the cardboard Tardis, which I think that's what um, Amy and Mel's were yes. playing with in Amy's bedroom in uh, Let's Kill Hitler. Yeah. Um, I believe it was the Seventh Doctor's umbrella. Umbrella. Yeah, that's my thoughts as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, so all of Harmony have already gone about the. Um, architectural reconfiguration system, which I think was mentioned in some other uh, older Doctor Who stories, we, we just never saw it. Yeah, I believe. Like, I think there's might have been the Logopolis or something like that. I think it might have been. There was definitely a Tom Baker's story where yeah. that was mentioned. Um, then also you've got the um, some sort of voices as well, didn't you, from mm. past episodes? Now I picked up on the Ninth Doctor, the Fourth Doctor, and Ian Chesterton. Yeah, but. A lot of it I've found very, very difficult to pick up what it was. Yeah, I must admit I hadn't. Yeah, so they're looking at the Wikipedia entry. For the second week in the row, I'm referring to Wikipedia on a recent episode. It says you hear clips from Unearthly Child, which was that was back at Ian Cheston's one, Colony in Space, um, Robots of Death, which is the Tom Baker one, Rose, The Beast Below, which is the Ninth Doctor, Beast Below, Swift and Jones, Doctor's Wife, and it says, when the Encyclopedia Gallifreya leaks, which again yeah. I thought was very Harry Potter. Yeah. To be honest, so the, the uh, was it the Ponceve, what do they call it? Apparently that was audio from the end of time. Right. But I couldn't make out what the hell it was on, on, no. the, on the, the TV transmission. I must admit, I haven't really gone back. So I've, now I know what they are now because I've read it up, and I haven't really yeah. gone back to work out whether I can actually pick them out. 
Yeah. I've only really listened to it as in watching the episode rather than stopping and going back and listening to it. Yeah. To actually make sure what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's um now I'm obviously not a true fan. Obviously not, obviously not. <laughs> now there's um there's, there's certain things in it I, I the opening shot on the TARDIS when there was a very, very good shot where they're just going around the entire perimeter of the TARDIS console. Yeah. In front of uh, the uh, Clara and Doctor. Yeah. And, and the Doctor, sorry. But um, those sort of shots always make me feel sick. So, because I, I cannot focus on that. If, if I go to like, the cinema and there's there's a, a scene where like, the, there's the camera's spinning round an actor, basically like this was, it was spinning around the room, I can't focus on it. So that took me out of the story straight away. Right. Now that's my own personal problem, and it's not a problem with the with the program. So I didn't get off on the, on the right foot. Any with other this story. personal problem do you want to bring up? <laughs> well, not really, but I, I will say I've, I've got a hot poultice on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's that's so I say I got off on the wrong foot with the story on that one because I, I just couldn't look at the TV screen. Yeah, but as I say that's my, that's my own uh, my own little thing. But then, but before that, we had. We had the, how can I put it, probably three of the most stupid characters Yes, we've had in Doctor Who for a very, very long time. Yes. And that's the Van Balen brothers. Yeah. Or really, as it's spelled, it should be Van Balen. It's got a double A in there, so it should be Van Balen. But they, they pronounce it Van Balen. Yeah. So um, whether that's another thing of the uh, <laughs> the Doctor getting his... Uh, can't can't uh, speak English again, I don't know, as of last week with, with Metabellis, but... Yeah, there we go. But um, I just thought these three characters were um, despicable. You, were, I think you were supposed to care about them at the end, but coming, I thought just die. To be quite honest, I thought <sighs> I thought they were so annoying. Yeah, there wasn't overly a lot. No, and... there was actually overly a lot that they really needed to be in afterwards after causing the damage. Hmm. There really wasn't a lot reason why they needed to go into the TARDIS. No. The only time that it was actually of any use whatsoever was um, when he's trying to pull Clara through the from one shadow of the control room into the other. Yeah. And he uses the uh, thing. Yeah, the their, scanner their gadget. Thing. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. he'd just taken their scanner off of them, you wouldn't have needed them at all. No. Not at all. It yeah. is just really supposed to say that the TARDIS is that he's got someone to tell what's wrong, the TARDIS will protect itself. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um, I mean, this one was written by Stephen Thompson. Yeah. And obviously the last story he offered up to us was the incredibly poor <laughs> Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah. So he's come back with another basically pirate story. <laughs> basically, yeah. And, um, again, characters you couldn't give a monkeys about. No. Really? Uh I really don't know what else to say about them. Yeah, I mean, it's just and the, the whole thing with the. I mean, that, that's it, it's. I mean, usually this is this is a slight almost throwback to, to the classic series of the villains tended to be rather stupid. Yeah, the ones other than the major the inter. Let's start again. The incidental <laughs> villains that don't really do a lot. I think we were talking about the ones in the Rebus operation. Yeah, yeah. Being reasonably stupid. It's, it's a hark back to that sort of character, isn't it? It is, very much so, very much so. But I, I don't think that washes in, in this day and age now. No. 
You'd you'd wonder how long they'd have lasted, as they are. Yeah, I mean, I just I just thought none of them had any. I mean, apart from Tricky, perhaps. Yeah. None of them had I mean, any really redeeming features at all, did they? No, and that was. I mean, it was an interesting idea of that they'd done that, but then you sort of thought, is that really? I don't know whether that was just it's just like I say, there was just too much thrown into this. Yeah. You didn't really have a huge amount of story. And what you had was just lots of different ideas thrown at it and the fact that in the hope almost in the hope that people will like some of them. Well, yeah, he didn't trust himself to write a story. Hmm. So what we got was a group of ideas. I think like the was. idea of him being an android or not an android, but thinking it was an android is one idea. No, I thought that was ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. Are you mean to tell me that that tricky character, since his loving brother basically turned into into like a well, made him think he was an android, he'd never once cut his finger. I was thinking more gone to the toilet. Yes. <laughs> more exactly. basically. Yeah. Well, wasn't he slightly puzzled as to why he still needed to do that if he was an android? Oh, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, there's no thought went into that whatsoever. No. I, I really thought that was crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, but not only that, I mean, you're supposed to sort of feel for uh, the character of Gregor, which is Ashley Waters' character, at the end, when he when he admits to his to his little brother that he'd sort of tricked him, it was a bit of a laugh, you know. I thought, but no, but you felt nothing for him. No, did you not at all. you felt even more hatred for. It was such a despicable yeah. character. Yeah, really was. I mean, it was it was oh, it was so poorly written. It really was. Um, but anyway, but I mean, what what did you think of it, Paul? I mean, I, I, I so far I'm there's lots to to lot. I think it was well shot and everything, especially when it comes to the zombie creatures. Yeah. That was really well done, but I, I just got lots of problems with the way it was written, the characterisation. Um, what, what, what about you? What about yeah, you? it just—it seemed to be an idea they just didn't really quite get hold of. Mm. And I sort of watched it. It was—it was reasonable to watch, and you did sort of f- follow it. And I didn't find myself being particularly bored by it, but. Mm. It just, yeah, I don't know. It's not... Whether it's just because it's come after the previous two, which I really liked. Yeah. But I just don't think it really totally delivered on what we was promised. No, it didn't. I'm taking it back to the shop because it's not what I was (laughs) promised when it was sold to me. I think it's it's my feelings on this. Yeah, I think there was a lot of build-up to this. It's nice enough, but it's not what I thought I was buying. No, no. There there was was a lot of build-up to this one and... Yeah. Yeah. too much. Again, if I'd come into this one not having heard anything about it... Yeah. Without that as the title, I may well have enjoyed it. Possibly, yeah. There was bits yeah. I did enjoy. Um, I quite like the idea of the, the TARDIS would form another console room, mm. which you can put that uses a protective bubble for people. Yeah. Um, like you say, it'd have been nice if, they, if they'd have either had the set, which they probably haven't got built anymore, nah. to do it. Um, I think we were slightly in the Doctor's Wife sport because they still had the... Um, the original tenth Doctor's tenth Doctor cos- uh, console room, yeah, yeah, built at that stage, which I presume was gone now. I'm assuming it had. Well, is it still on display at the um, Doctor Who experience? 
Yeah, but it's a question of how do you use it's, it. It obviously must be a very, very scaled-down version, I would yeah, have thought. But... Exactly. So, yeah, yeah I, can, I can understand from a point of view of, of that. Um, yeah, there's bits in there that was just you felt was in there. The book on the Time War... Really? Did we need this? this? This episode seems to be trying to point forward more than it was actually concentrating on the story itself. It was pointing, it was spending so much time. Actually, I suppose it's in some ways in keeping with the story and the fact that it was the story about time happening both backwards and forwards at the same time. Yeah. A lot of this story was trying to do that as well. It was. It was. You um, had it pointing forward to what is where we're going with the Doctor's name and whatever. Wouldn't you have thought, though, that the Doctor had a book on display? Prominently on display. Prominently on display, front and centre, the history of the Time War. With information in it that he doesn't want anyone to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you'd put it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, where your your travelling companion can easily find it. And as someone mentioned last night, and I don't know who it was, was, who wrote that book? Yes, exactly. If he's the only time lord left, did did it have an author um, on the front? I didn't notice. I, yeah, I, can't, I, I, I really, I, yeah, I haven't gone back to have a look at it since to see whether it did or not. But it was just no. like you know, it's a bit odd. If the, if the time war's locked, yeah, exactly. Why, why would people you... don't know? Yeah, who wrote the book? Yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, yeah, I just, I've, yeah, again, it's not one of those. Let's tick a box. Yeah, you know. Um, we just yeah. want to tell you this is coming, sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and exactly. And it's like, well, no, don't want that. I don't want to. Don't want part of one episode being taken up, telling me what's coming in a future episode. We have a coming soon trailer at the end to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which this this sort of episode did seem to have that to me. It yeah. Just... Well, there's. I mean, there's some other. Um, and I mentioned earlier about the um, the sort of the zombies. Yeah. Walker, would you fi- figure out or find out at the end their sort of their, their future cells that have been killed? Yeah. From exposure to the Eye of Harmony. Um, what I couldn't quite figure out is why their dead cells were trying to kill their past selves. Yeah, I don't know. Just why? Why were they trying to kill each other? I I I couldn't fathom that bit out. I could see them just sort of just lurking around as a as a threat, but I thought surely if they were the past, they might be sort of stumbling reaching out for help. Rather than maybe, trying, maybe rather, not. Rather than trying to kill their past selves, I really don't understand that. But surely, then you're going to get into the whole genre of um, zombie films, and why doesn't why don't why do zombies try to kill people? But they weren't zombies, were they? No, but, well, like they, they walk around, go walk around, brains, were they? I mean, it was it was just it didn't make any sense. It just did, not to me. It didn't anyway. You know, no, maybe, but, maybe uh, I've missed something here. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, when they look, they look great. They did look great. I, yeah. like, I like the the thing where they're walking around as they died. So you had like the doctor's zombie you had his hand stuck to his face. Yeah. It actually, you sort of got that a bit. It would have been better if they could have sort of brought that more to the forward before you found out what they were. Yeah. So to let you have more of a chance of guessing what was happening. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, sort was... of, you had that, and then you sort of had the reveal, which sort of, all oh, right, okay, all, all in almost one scene. Mm. So you didn't really have that chance to pat yourself on the back because you'd worked it out. No, no, I'm assuming that the um, one of the brothers that got the first brother to, to get killed, uh, Bram, when his, which I'm, I'm assuming was his zombie double, attacked him. 
Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I'd have thought that was either it the Clara one or the Doctor one. Because he would never have had one. Because he never went in that room. Never went in there, yeah. Exactly, because that's the thing. Because it was as big as he was. Yeah. It wasn't the Doctor one because he didn't have his hand to his face. Yeah. So, I don't have to, again, I, I mean, I'm going to have to watch this again. Because there's a hell of a lot of stuff I couldn't pick up on. I thought yeah. that the dialogue, for some reason, a lot of it I just couldn't hear. Like the, yeah. when, when Clara kept seeing different versions of herself, I'm quite sure it's meant to be something important, but I couldn't understand a word she said. No. There was something really off about the, the audio mix on this episode. Yeah, I found that, actually. Yeah. There was bits I had to go, oh, my so I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again, because I'm yeah. not sure what they've said there. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I... You know, there was there was a lot of stuff to like, but I've got an awful lot of problems with this one. Yeah, an awful lot of problems. Um, now, I thought another last effect was the exploding engine room. Yes, that the TARDIS had sort of frozen in time. I thought that was nice. I did like the Doctor's line about the fact that all the times that she's helped me and I, and I can't help her this time. Yeah, I thought it was quite. There's nothing he could do. I, is this going to be? Is this the exploding TARDIS we were shown in series five? Um. Well, no, because we've sort of gone back and had a... Because there was never any explanation for that, was there? No, I suppose I suppose there's something in that. I hadn't thought about that, actually, yeah. to be honest. Although we have got... I mean, to be honest, this episode, to me, picks up from the moment they get out onto the ledge bit. Oh, by the Eye of Harmony? Yes. Yeah. When they're out there and the idea... The whole conversation there between her, the Doctor, and the Clara. Yeah. Um... As to where he's asking her who she is. Yeah. And whatever. And then the idea that this was the TARDIS's way of preventing people from going any further. And the idea of a snarl. I actually quite like that. Yeah. Although there were some good ideas in there. There were, there were But like some... I say, it just came across again as a group of good ideas. And we'll throw them all in and we'll see which ones stick. And yeah. people will like some of them. So they're like some of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um... Yeah, and again, you've got like... Which I thought, are we, are we back to the... The, the crack in time again. Yeah. When I saw that coming down the wall of the TARDIS. Um, Which I suppose actually then puts in with what you're just saying about, is that the engine? Mm. Is that, because obviously that's where it comes from. Yeah, that's it. So, I actually hadn't thought of that at the time, that is, is that the explosion? Because you sort of do get this whole thing. And you do think with this episode is... Lots of people have been complaining in previous episodes that oh we get along and there's a big reset switch, and this so one, actually the, we will put in a big <laughs> reset switch to this one was, just 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 yeah. to annoy all of those people that have complained. Yeah, uh, again, of previous episodes that again, oh we I, might as well just press the reset switch. And again, I've got a little bit of a problem with that as well. It's a bit lazy, isn't it? Um, I know. I think it is put in there just purely. It, it, it is lazy, but I think it, it's it's not a fact that they wrote the episode and then suddenly thought, "How do we end this?" and came and came up with that. I suspect they thought we are going to put in a big reset switch because people have been complaining that some of the episodes finish where he might as well have pressed the reset switch. And I think this is this is them saying, "Well, there you go. Now you can really moan." What? Well, yeah, those people that do, yeah. and I suspect that. Came and I, and I'm going to. And I'm going episode. to. And the rest of the episode was written to get to that that point, rather than they just wrote the episode and didn't know how to end it. I I oh, I don't know. I don't know because what 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 was the point then of setting up the whole thing of Clara knowing the Doctor's name now? 
It was a it was a trailer for the for the final episode. Yeah, and simply it is because what was the point? To, and then press the reset button so she forgets yeah. it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is, this is pointless. This is what, it's absolutely what pointless. What annoyed me about it was the fact that it seemed to be putting in trailers for the for the previous yeah, the next episode coming up. Absolutely pointless. And I, I don't want that in an episode. There's no, no. point in putting that in. I'm no, sorry. Exactly. No, it's um, I I don't know. I think it's, there's going to be like a. It went against everything that it. This this was so. We've been told, oh no, it's not going to be any arc heavy stories, and this one was probably the most arc heavy story we've had. Yeah, well, the whole bloody series has been, to be honest. The whole thing with Clara, the whole—it's an arc, it's a plot arc. It is, but they've been more subtle so far with it. We've just had the odd reference here and there. You've had well, this whole—you've had this whole running thing of the Tardis not liking Clara. That's been yeah. put yeah, in every but, episode but, so far. But so. to a certain extent, that at least had something to do with the story that was happening. Yeah, but it's, it's still, it, that's what's saying that it's still a plot arc. Though we were told oh, that yeah. there, there will be no plot arcs this season, yeah. and there is. Oh. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, yeah. But what gets me is this one was in there and had nothing to do with this story. No. <laughs> you, could take that, you could take the scene of her reading yeah. the book and saying that to him before he goes into the crack out of this story and you wouldn't miss it. No. It would not affect this story whatsoever. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, was, it just sort of dropped in, as you say, as a teaser. Yeah. But, and, and I don't want that. I don't, I don't see the point in that. No. Really done. We know what's ha- where we're going with this because you've told us what the episodes are called now. Yeah, which is obviously why they announced what the final episode is called before this one came out. Obviously. So that when she says that, you know you're going to get your answer. Where you're going to get your answer? Yeah, or where you think you're going to get your answer? Yeah. So do you, would you sum up in saying this is a, a big, big missed opportunity? This story. Um. I didn't hate it. Put it that way. There's, no, there's, I don't hate it. No, but then a, I, think, lot... I think because there's, there's, there, there is a fair few ideas that could have been explored yeah. and could have had an episode devoted to them and explored, mm. which would have made a better story. Well, I, I, there's other things as well I just find ridiculous, like the, the whole thing, because the Doctor had the shields up. Yeah. So, so the Maglock um, calls the TARDIS to basically start dying. Yeah. Really. Now... If you go back to uh, when the Titanic burst through the hull of the TARDIS, yeah, was there any of this? Sure, that was a rupture in the shell of the TARDIS caused there. It didn't cause it to explode or start dying. So why would a simple maglock cause the TARDIS to start doing that? Um... It, just, it just seemed a bit of a, a weird... When you think about what's gone on before, when basically the TARDIS has been, basically had a big hole torn in it, because its shields yeah. were down, nothing happened. Doctor, it just repaired itself. That was yeah. it. But in this... oh, it's, it's just a lucky strike, isn't it? In it, bloody hell! It's just sort of. I don't, I'm doing the typical fan. Yeah, uh, I mean, con- I... continuity, but you know, but it, it, I mean, the... I'm not so bothered about that to be honest. It's just yeah, but, it's, but just... It's, just, it's just in a bit of a weak way to make the TARDIS start to disintegrate. Really, yeah, because someone had called it in basically a tractor beam. Yeah. I mean, the TARDIS has been through worse than that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I know. It's, but it's just, I suppose, how do you... Yeah. Oh, and another thing. Another thing as well. How was the Doctor outside of the TARDIS when he got dragged on board the uh, on board the salvage ship? Why was he under the big pile of stuff? Hey, he'd fallen out the back, obviously, yeah. Obviously. And, <laughs> fallen out a window. Uh, yeah. And why was Clara now somewhere lost in the corridor? Yeah. 
it just sort of like, why it was written just said, I'm just going to plonk these people in, in these situations with no way for them to get there. It, it, just, sort not, of, it just sort of like, accept I, it. That's where they are. I suspect there was the sense of that um, in the shock of what happened, <clears throat> the TARDIS reconfigured itself. Possibly. And when, when, it, when it did so... And re- I, I reconfigured the Doctor out of it. <laughs> outside of it, yeah. <laughs> it just got its, it's got its boundaries, outside boundaries wrong. That's what it was. Oh dear, Paul, you, you're you're writing the script for this guy now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, someone's got to. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, the sneeriest, yeah, the sneeriest podcast there is. <laughs> I um, uh, but actually, having said that, I did like that was one. Of, I did actually quite like the scene where the three brothers are walking away and saying, "Look, we just we just dump it. We, it was damaged when we." We didn't have anything to do. We don't know. And then suddenly he's there having 20 nights rude to whisper. whisper. Yeah. I thought that was actually a good scene. Yeah. And he had to, I suppose, be outside of the TARDIS to, For that to, to make work. that work. Yeah. It, was, it, was a, it was a sense that, yeah, you did have certain bits that were written just because they had an idea of a scene. and Yeah, that's it. The rest that's was it. then built, written to fit that rather yeah. than scenes were written to fit the story. Yeah, it was all sort of like there was like lots of little set pieces, really, rather than rather than a coherent story plot structure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we have to rate this now, don't we? Yes. Now, as I said, I there is lots to like. It's well shot. There's some nice little bits and pieces in it, but it's it doesn't live up to the sum of its parts, really. No. Um, there are a hell of a lot of problems with the characterisation um, and just the plotting itself. I I found so. It's fun to watch, I think, but it, I don't think I could give it an excellent no. cyber leader. So for me this week, I'm going to give it a neither. Your views are not important. And um, yeah, I I agree with that totally. I just I don't think it's yeah, it's it's not unwatchable. No, it's not. There no. are there are some good bits in it. Um, I would have liked just from a point of view of just. To have put in there, if you're going to talk about Suffolk being fangwank, to have put in when she was wandering through all the rooms and that, she'd just gone past a little bit of brickwork. <laughs> <laughs> Which they could have put in. Or a sun lounger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if they could have just put that in as if to say, no, no, this really is what the TARDIS is like inside. <laughs> Amongst all the other stuff. No, no, we didn't just do that because it was cheap before. Yeah. Yeah, it would have just been quite funny. I'd have thought. Um, I think it would have been, and I probably would have then liked this episode a hell of a lot more. Which, strangely enough, which is just <laughs> how my brain works and what I like and what I don't like. Um, because they didn't put that in, no, I think I'd have to give it a neither as well. Your views are not important. Well, there we are then, folks. There we are then. Um, after two weeks of uh, of really enjoying the hell out of Doctor, we're back to we're back to normal. Normal service has been resumed. Yes, that's all I can say. Um, yeah, it's it's just a disappointment, really. I yeah. felt really did think it was a disappointment, but I dare say, a lot of fans there would would have probably loved this episode. Yeah, but I just had a lot of, as we said, a lot of problems with the script, a lot of problems with it. But uh, anyway, anyway, uh, next week we're back on to Mark Gatiss again. Yes, with the second story of this season, the Crimson Horror. And so we'll discuss that next week. And also we'll be discussing our little trip to the BFI. Yes. Next Saturday. Um, now, obviously, as we're going to be at the BFI next week, we are going to be a little bit delayed in getting next week's podcast out. 
Yes. So it won't be out uh, next Sunday. It will most likely be out on the Monday, which, which is a bank holiday in the UK. Yes. So it most likely be out on the bank holiday Monday instead. Okay. Um, so if um, if any of our listeners actually managed to get tickets to the beer fire, come along and say hello. We have tweeted photographs of ourselves before, so um, if you recognise yeah, it. We apologise. We apologise in advance. So no, if, if, you, uh, if you are there, come, come along and say hello. That would be much appreciated. Okay then, folks. So, for another week then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. listening to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk and please also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. <laughs>